0: How does Silicon Valley pivot its narrative?
1: Oh my God. Fun better companies. (laughs) Move slower, don't break things. Don't break things
0: and move fast? Yeah. Hey, welcome to Current Mood. This is your host, Jacqueline Schneider. Current Mood is a series exploring self-care techniques, mental models, and the core patterns propelling our increasingly digital lives. Through conversations with thought leaders across creative disciplines, I get a chance to learn about unique business paths and pivots through the lens of mental wellness. Hey, welcome back to Current Mood. Thank you for riding with us. Hope you got to enjoy Season 1. We are now getting into Season 2. Welcome! For our first guest, we have Natasha Mascarenas. Natasha is an incredible reporter who started writing uh, stories, kind of more human interest stories, and moved into the business world and then really niched down into reporting on early stage startups and venture capital. For the last three years, she's been a senior reporter at TechCrunch, and she just recently announced that she was moving over to The Information, um, uh, an amazing business and tech uh, website and newsletter, um, ecosystem. And, uh, I can't wait to see what she does next. Our conversation was so cool because for so many reasons, but I think the biggest one is that I've just, I've admired her reporting for for some time and I've also kind of been following the tech and startup space since kind of like the beginning of my career so uh, we we really nerded out together we talked about everything from what is the role that she plays in her family and how that translates into her work i asked her what her thoughts were on ai and what the value of a hot take is in the media space. Um, it was a really cool conversation, and I really loved sitting down with Natasha. She's an amazing reporter and human, and it's just, as you can hear in her voice and some of the things that she talks about, she's so passionate, and she's just great to talk to. Um, it was super easy, and um, really, really enjoyed it. So hope you have fun listening to this talk what's your What's your role in your family? Like, what role do you take on in the family?
1: I'm like the earnest, like everyone should talk to each other person. My family's very like independent. Okay. So I'm like the like let's all like say a high and low.
0: <laughs> Me too. Oh. That's why I wondered if you're just seems like you're just naturally like that's your gift.
1: Oh, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly the person I am. I'm mean, I'm very yeah. much like a everybody together now. <laughs>
0: <laughs> right now. Do you have a big family?
1: Uh, no, I only have a brother and like my two parents. Yeah, um, my extended family and I like we're not like super super close. Like I feel like my parents are like super in love and just like ride solo. Wait, that's cute. Yeah, and so me, and then my brother's like the sweetest, and then I'm I'm out here, and so we're just like a four person. Solid. Our, yeah. Yeah. Exactly.
0: Okay, a little quartet.
1: Exactly. But we also like, live in like the heart of Browntown, New Jersey. So yeah. our ex, like our in
0: not blood family is like our people a okay. time. Got it. Yeah. Respectable. Um, Well, thank you for coming to Current Mood. Yes. Uh, I have so many things I want to talk to you about. I'm here to answer anything. But first, can you just, like, tell us who you are?
1: (laughs) Yes. I am a writer. I've, like, always wanted to be a writer since... Before, I probably knew what it was, and then since sixth grade, I've wanted to at least be a journalist, and I can explain how I got there, but um, grew up in New Jersey, went to school in Boston, moved to San Francisco, and I've been there for the last four years, Mm -hmm. uh, just writing a lot of words and talking to a lot of people and Covering this weird moment in tech. But beyond that, I feel like my defining qualities are my height and me being vegetarian. Those are like my two things I lead with is that I'm not tall. So that better be a superpower. So you tell me your secrets and then let's get falafel. Wait, does that work? I think it does. I think like Zoom was such an equalizer in a way where like no one knew how tall I was. Now I feel like I meet people... I don't think I give up int- intimidating vibes, and that is, like, I think really helpful yeah. in this moment in media. <laughs> yeah. I'm Natasha Mascarenas. I'm a senior reporter at TechCrunch, and then I podcast on Equity as yes. well.
0: Honestly, that's one of my favorite podcasts. My, oh. fr- my friends make fun of me, kind of, because they're like, yeah. you're such a tech nerd.
1: Oh my god, I love that it's your favorite pod, <laughs> and I, like, like, yes, I get made fun of the same way, too. I've been like-
0: reading TechCrunch since I was, like, I won't date myself, but... Since I got into the business of storytelling, like I've been reading TechCrunch for over a decade. Wow. Like sometimes when I used to live in the Bay, when I lived in San Francisco, I would like wake up in the morning and like that would be like the first thing I would read. That and like GigaOm. Oh my God, yes. And, like, Venture Beat. Yeah.
1: <laughs> that is like such a compliment. I feel like I I even feel like a fake sometimes because I like feel like I didn't know about TechCrunch until I like knew about
0: TechCrunch. It's kind of if you know, you know. But yeah. then once you know, you're like, oh my God, this is like the Michelin of reporting. Oh my God. <laughs> I know mean, that. They'll be so happy. It's really, <laughs> it's trusted and it's like. And then we keep we keep a, yeah.
1: optimistic too, which I think has like helped us. Yeah. Like I think we can always be like snarkier and spicier and like, but I yeah. think like we do not come at it from a position of like pure cynicism, and that's right. like honestly made it like a a really fun place to work in the beginning of my like tech career. I think. Yeah. Like you know, it just feels like a really good place to be like starting and like spending spending n- now three years. Yeah.
0: Well, it's crazy because even though you're quote starting now, like. I was looking at your kind of like resume of writing and you've been in the media space for like a while. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which I'm like, wow, you were at, were you at USA Today? Yes, maybe? when I was in college, I okay. was like a
1: USA Today correspondent, which sounds so serious. So serious. Yeah. Um, Which was like, honestly, my whole vibe for so long was like, get the most serious job in the world because if you're going to be a writer, like taking the brown parent philosophy, work for the places that everyone knows. And so it was like USA Today, Boston Globe, yeah. SF Chronicle. Right. And then I joined a place called Crunchbase News. News and my parents are like, "What have you been building toward?" And I then mean, I was like, "No, let me tell you.
0: <laughs> Crunch Base is like the freaking like tipping point, like stepping stone to that whole space. Come on, yeah, I know. I just don't know if you don't know, you don't.
1: No, they think it's a cereal brand." Um, <laughs> <laughs> and honestly, like, it, it almost makes it more fun to be doing it because they don't entirely get it. But, yeah. yeah, I've, like, always wanted to do this. And I feel like part of it really came. Like, I picked my professors strategically to make sure I would get the right person to help right. me get the right internship. And I've always just been super, like. Very strategic. Yeah, very strategic. Yeah. <laughs> I do
0: not fall into things. <laughs> what was the moment where your parents, like, got what you did?
1: Ooh. I feel like there's many moments. Like one was probably like when I was at the Globe, they like understood it because I wasn't writing for you know an insidery audience. They understood that I was like I I, I profiled kind of this. Uh, I profiled this like waiter who was retiring okay. from a pizza shop in Southie. Oh my God, I love this. Yeah, and <laughs> and they like thought it was such a beautiful story. My parents love when I write creatively about like humans. Right. And so whenever I hit that mark, then they start paying attention. Okay. Um, and so that was definitely like a big one. And then honestly, even like very recently, SVB they were like. Yeah. Huh. Like huh everyone's talking about this and I think my daughter is the one talking about it too and so I'm like tech as tech becomes more relevant I become more relevant to them
0: <laughs> I mean it's funny how that's I don't know if that's for you but it's like it's like the benchmark it's like I don't really give a shit what anybody else thinks like my parents and my family's like proud I'm like cool
1: oh I love that cool. <laughs> do you feel like your parents get you like they get what's happening here
0: uh I don't know. Sometimes they do. I when I was working in like the music business and we I was running a record label and we were on like we made it to the calendar section like front page of the LA Times. Yep. And it's a
1: front page that needs to it needs to be the front page of yeah, the LA Times. It was, it was literally the yeah. calendar
0: the Sunday LA Times front page. Wow. And they were like, "Oh, cool." <laughs> and then it was like after that it was like various other things, but uh, I had a few different careers, so Now do they get it? I think so. They're just like, you're happy.
1: Yeah, I think honestly at a certain point, like when parents, I mean, yeah, speaking I guess for both of our situations, it seems like parents just like once you're happy, they're like, okay. Like honestly, I think they thought that I would like not be able to like live in a city or like afford an apartment and I feel really lucky (laughs) that I'm not like underpaid. I feel like it's just not as bad. It's not as bad and sad as I thought it was and I honestly want to tell like all the college students that too because the way we were warned that we would barely be able to make a living.
0: I mean... Some of these jobs out here. Yeah. I mean,
1: a lot of the jobs. I it's feel like, like tech journalism is an anomaly. Yeah. Honestly. Tech,
0: tech, tech anything. It's like 30% more. Yeah. It feels like. Even yes. the jobs. Totally. It's like the same exact job in tech versus music. It's like, it's literally like 30% more money. It's crazy. <laughs> For what? For literally what? I don't know. It's weird. Um, <laughs> but I want to talk a little bit about you as a reporter, but you talk a little bit about how you kind of love writing about human interest stuff. Um maybe more like culturally general. Um, How does it feel now to be like pretty specialized in your trade? I've sold it to myself um, and it really has like, I now
1: I'm obsessed with it. Okay. Like I now I'm like living for, you know, Twitter spaces about VCs reacting to Wait, other really? VCs. I, I don't know. I feel like it really like is so interesting to me. Oh my God, tell me more. Um, I'm off
0: Twitter. I, I gave up a oh, while ago.
1: Good for you. I mean, I'm,
0: I'm there sometimes. Like I yeah. think I liked one of your tweets earlier. Uh, <laughs> but that's once a week I'll check in and see what's happening.
1: I'm, slowly, I'm slowly dropping off to be fair. I, I, but just to say like, I think eavesdropping is, I'm obsessed with it now. So to answer your question, the way that I, like started getting excited about tech and like fell into tech was when I was at the globe the best editor Was in the business section, and so I was like, Mm. "Let me like join the business section and work with this like icon." What made this icon the best editor? Um, actually, it even went earlier than that. It was like at the school paper, and her name was Felicia Gons, and she was like just super. She would sit with me like after school. We were both unpaid like college newspaper writers, um, and she would sit with me and go line by line on edits. Wow. And I was just like, "That is like my love language as a reporter."
0: (laughs) A good editor. Oh my god.
1: Attention line by line. Like that is amazing. Um, and so I went, like, started working with her a lot. Then I only had clips in the business section because she was the business editor. I went to the Globe, same situation. Like, the editor was amazing because he just always kind of pushed f- for a better angle. Like, he never mm. let me just exist. which I loved at that time. Wow, that's crucial. Yeah, it was very crucial. Um, I came to the SF Chronicle and business in SF is not like the mom and pop startup. It's a, sorry, the mom and pop business. It's literally the startups. And so I found like the common angle between all these places was, it was like rooting for the little guy. It just depended on like the flavor of it. And basically the moment I realized that when you raise 10 million, you don't get $10 million to like spend on your own like food and rent as (laughs) a founder. Like it's a lot more complicated than that. That's when I started like getting interested in it because I was like, what are these people that seem to be like sidestepping traditional banks and traditional stability and be risky and bet their legacy on something like that to me feels like the biggest human story of our lifetime. Yeah. We can cover people who are crazy enough to start a company when there's so many reasons to just take the lazy, apathetic way in life.
0: Yeah. Would you ever be a founder?
1: No. (laughs) Um, I am the lazy, apathetic way. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) But uh, I always say I don't have that muscle. I don't, I don't, I, 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 I like kind of at this stage, like at 26, I feel very strongly about kind of being led instead of leading
0: mm. Um, mm. and like
1: leading and I have an opinion and I will like use it and I'll fight for it, but I don't want to be alone. Like I don't be a lone wolf at this sure. point, Yeah, which is why I don't want to be an editor either. Like I kind of want to always be like the writer that's like asking for thoughts, not yeah. like giving the thoughts always Right. as I give thoughts to you. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I'm here, you're here for your thoughts. So
1: that's that's why you're here. (laughs) The only version of being a founder I think I would be, would be writing a book, which I think is like a founder of a book, like just being like, I'm going to create a business around my words. Yeah. But I won't be like starting, yeah, a VC backed D2C company anytime soon.
0: What is it like? branding yourself as a journalist or do you consciously do that
1: I feel like it was for so long the first thing I introduced myself as I may have done that today too it's solely not the first thing I lead with yeah anymore I think I've become a lot healthier I was like I'm not like journalist first like human second <laughs> right. which I really like the way I was so insecure that I wasn't going to get a job or even be close to successful in this place like that was all I could be for so long now I'm starting to be like I'm a journalist but I'm not like I don't need to just be that, which is really like a nice, like not traditional way to look at it. I feel like if you ask my journalism school professors, they're like, you are a journalist, be
0: a journalist. (laughs) little imposter syndrome or you just like, it just doesn't excite you to say that.
1: I think it's more like I, yeah, I I guess I I don't need to prove that I'm. A journalist. Like, I don't know how consciously I do it. Yeah. But I don't think, like, I feel like for a while I was like, I'm a journalist, here's why you should talk to me. I'm, I'm more like, I'm Natasha, I write about startups. Right. You should talk to me. It doesn't need to be like the, I think, yeah, like traditional definition of like lead with who you are. Do not let anyone know you as anything other than someone who talks on the record and publishes their stories. Like hmm. you need to be a fully fully kind of full person and I feel like I try and introduce myself that way too so people don't just think of me as like right. a TechCrunch reporter
0: which just feels weird it is weird it's totally weird and I'm sure like it kind of takes the edge off of people too when they realize like oh you know because it, it is it is can be intimidating like talking to a reporter period but talking to a reporter from like TechCrunch, especially if you're a founder it's like you totally. want to see the wrong thing totally. like you really want to be you know crafty about how you're communicating and yeah it's hard because sometimes you're like because I've interviewed people before and they just like turn on. I'm like, you don't have to be on with me right now. No, actually, please turn off.
1: <laughs> Wait, uh, and I always tell this. I'm always like, and it's like I, at the end of the day, like I'm always gonna have to bring it up within like a few minutes of because I feel almost like it's a gotcha moment to be like, by the way, I'm a journalist. You just told me all your secrets. <laughs> Especially at like VC happy hours or like conferences. I can very much like disguise as a, you know, emerging fund manager, I guess. Unfortunately, <laughs> I still look like more of an emerging fund manager than the mass check writers in venture capital, but that's a separate <laughs> conversation. <laughs> you know. Um, but I feel like I try and bring it up. I've, I get a lot of "That's so cool," which is a really great feeling. Mm-hmm. I get people who like kind of turn off, but I think I also get a lot of people who are just super curious about this profession, which just like always yeah. gives me a lot of hope. <laughs> yeah.
0: So, can we talk a little bit about this profession? I love the kind of mystery of media. <laughs> like, I feel like it's changed over the years, but people who are in the media have a different viewpoint from people who are just reading stories, right? Oh yeah. So like. How do you explain what you do to, like, a grandma? Oh, my God.
1: (laughs) I literally say I cover companies like Uber before they are companies like Uber. Perfect. And that is what my nani, bless her heart, um, that's what she understood it as. And it made sense. Yeah. Yeah. I think they, like, needed to know, like, like I'm covering like kind of technology, but like early. Yeah. Um. As for what I do on a day to day basis, I think a lot of people think like, how do you actually produce so many words? How do you like, yeah, write and 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 do that part when you're also interviewing? And I think like maybe the biggest craft of this profession is being the person that can always kind of like have two conversations working at once. Like one is the interview brain, but while you're interviewing, you're writing the story. While you're writing the story, you're interviewing someone, (laughs) even if you're alone. It's always a conversation you're having with yourself and you almost always want to be connecting dots and thinking of leads and kickers and transition sentences. And I I mean, that to me is the most fun part. Like I love talking to people, but I think even more I love when I start piecing things together and when they happen at the same time. Like, I usually wake up during an interview at some point. Like, I usually enter interviews like excited, but like, all right, here's another one. Right. And at some point, (laughs) you ask a question where people say something that makes you like surprised. And that's when I think like the job of a journalist is like happening. Yeah. It's like usually the last three minutes of a a podcast. So, maybe maybe we're doing better on this one. (laughs) No, (laughs) it's
0: always the last like. Yeah. Little piece that you didn't even plan for. That's exactly. where the best shit happens. Yeah,
1: <laughs> and it's just, it, especially in like in describing like how media and tech work today. Like I think it's so like at odds that when I do get vulnerability, that's another thing. I'm like, oh my god, like that changes the whole story. I, right. I, I always joke that I'm like kind of the reporter that like. I break scoops through getting people to say things that they wouldn't, that they didn't think were interesting but really are. Right. More than getting them to tell me like a big secret. Right. I I don't know. I I find the former much more interesting.
0: Yeah. The secrets are like everyone will know eventually. Yeah. Who cares? (laughs)
1: And even if they, I mean, yeah, I think there's like journalists who do a great job at that. Right. And I would be lying to say like that's not something I'm like hoping to grow into. (laughs) Yeah. But at this point, like I think Mike Isaac, who like Mm -hmm. you, you know, and I think like it is synonymous with like breaking news around Uber, he said on a podcast like, a few years ago, and I have, like, literally written, like, blog posts about this, is he was like, I realized my superpower could be just being earnest, mm. and I was like, that is me. I am not yeah. the person who's going to, like, yell at you on the phone and, like, screw you over. I'm going to be earnest, and right. you're going to feel like you can tell me stuff, right. and we're going to get to a place of truth together. Together.
0: <laughs> Success. <laughs> this whole industry that you're in, or I guess intersectional industry that you're in, how... Do you keep it all together? Because I, I don't, I don't think that we need to go through like what's been happening in business and tech oh god, <laughs> lately, but corporate failures left and right, and just so much happening in innovation and with the economy.
1: Oh my god! And also, you're
0: like covering this, and all the other news is happening at the same time. Like during the last three years, it's insane.
1: It's insane. And I honestly, like, don't think about it until someone asks me about it, which is maybe not the healthiest way to go about feeling this out. Because it's so hard to remove yourself as a journalist that, you know, technically and is told to not, you know, be a 24 hours on person and like no one can be because news can can break on Christmas Eve. Like, you need to be the person that... you know, if you, if you are a level of ambitious, like, you want to be there to write that story. And so I mm. almost think you can't think about it sometimes. You can't think about that sort of how you handle it. Otherwise, mm. um, yeah, I don't know. I, th- I think otherwise you you feel like you're missing things too much. Right. But I, I've gotten better at it through the years. Like, I, I honestly feel like if you ask me, like, when I was at, like, an internship, like, I always say, like, I've shaken off my intern mentality where I'm not, like, trying to prove myself so much as I am trying to, like rethink about the readers more than like am I like deserve to be here mm. and I think it's still the, the reader thing is the new tension but that's still hard to do I'm always worried that I'm not doing enough for readers and like I have this tip and well now I haven't covered it and oh now like three years later like the New York Times reports on that company being shitty and I'm like I knew about that I could maybe <laughs> save someone from working there or being screwed over and yeah. I think it's stuff like that that like I think really ends up weighing on journalists because we have so many tips swirling
0: around all the time mm. and you just
1: cannot do something you can't do stuff with so many things
0: so you feel a little bit... Like, you can't be of service all the time. Yes.
1: Yeah. I, and you, you can be of service all the time. You also, like... Like, I... Could never be a founder uh, for 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 the reason of, like, I like being in a group. At the same time, like, I do struggle with, the, with, with the trust falling mm-hmm. a little bit. And I think almost, like, the way to be a successful journalist is to remove yourself and your ego from it and be like, I'm not going to cover this. But, hey, like, I really, like, I know that, like, Aaron Griffith at the New York Times is going to cover this. Yeah. And, like, feeling good about that because that means yeah. your heart's in the right place. Taylor yeah. Loren said this to me the other day, too. She was like... I am just, like, thankful that there's other journalists on this beat, finally. And I was like, that is, like, the right way to look at it. It should not be like, I am not doing everything. Truly, even though she there's is, so but, much. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know? Even though she's been doing it forever. <laughs> yeah,
1: it's just, I mean, I think you, otherwise it'll go crazy if you don't trust other people to also be True. a reporter with you. True. And so I'm trying to do that these days. Respectable. <laughs> Thank you, it's
0: hard. Yeah.
1: It's hard. You know, there's like the level of ambition you want to be, so you can be like unavailable and can kill it. But then there's the unhealthy and unfair level where you think the world rests on your shoulders right. and you almost need to be humbled and said, You're not special to feel better. And yeah. I think I tell myself I'm not special all the time so I can like calm the fuck down. Oh, can we curse on this podcast? Like, I didn't even know. Yes. Okay. <laughs> I was like, Oh my God, we can't curse on equity. So I was like, oh. <laughs> Yeah.
0: Yes, go crazy. (laughs) Um, Well, you're special.
1: (laughs) Thank you. Okay, But not too. Like, I don't want to be too special. I don't want to be, you know. Not too special. (laughs) Let's all be replaced by AI. Oh, my God, bro.
0: (laughs) (laughs) No. (laughs) What, as a reporter, what is your take on AI?
1: My take on AI is that it clearly is going to be, like, a life-changing technology. I think tech might be the wrong way for us to be making the starting point from. Like, tech mm. is what's going to do it the fastest and the loudest and probably the way that, like, breaks things in the most interesting and, like, life-changing ways. But I almost, like, truly wish... We were talking about this from a more, like, political mm. way, educational way. Like, right. I wish... Like the ed tech reporters, sorry, the education reporters, and mm-hmm. every massive publication was were the AI reporters. Like we're turning right. to AI right now, versus... right? Because it is educa- education. Yeah, yeah, I almost think like tech being so tech about it yeah. is what's taking away from it. And I love it. I love tech, but I I just know right now that us we're, we're not interviewing the right people huh. all the time.
0: Who should we be interviewing? I what? think we should
1: be interviewing like parents, like people mm. who are like have no reason to be up to date with the latest on GPT four, but um, are seeing their lives starting to be impacted on by it. And I think, like, hmm. big publications do do this. But yeah. it's just something I'm, like, paranoid about. Paranoia is a big part of the job of, like, I'm, like <laughs> am, I, am I talking to the right people? And am I, like, elevating the right things with the right incentives? Like, you never know for sure. And I think sometimes with like, something like AI, some people are going to say things, and they're interesting that sure. you just want to publish. Yeah. So. Huh.
0: Yeah. <laughs> that's that's a hot take, but it's not hot. But it is interesting. I have not heard that. Yeah, I Should be talking to parents. We should always be talking to parents. <laughs> parents, like, literally know... Everything. Yeah. They're experts. <laughs> they really this is are. a parent love pod. Oh uh, my god. Uh. <laughs> we're being sweet. <laughs> uh-huh. Um I wanna talk a little bit about you know, your work and we just talked about the kind of twenty four hour news cycle a little bit, kind of reporting on um the various corporate crashes and Oh yes. Um various series A to IPO crashes. <laughs> yeah. All the things. And you you kinda of said like you're able to compartmentalize like somehow. Yeah, um, how
1: <laughs> and like, yeah.
0: what what like tips would you give other people? Because I feel like you're dealing in also like in this very like uh, I feel like tech in that space is very like toxic positivity. Totally. <laughs> it was
1: it was basically it was like all at once where I kind of like I think it was as dramatic as this, which is like I hit my one year anniversary at TechCrunch, yeah, and then I started getting tips on what was actually happening in tech. <laughs> It was like it really. Was like, no, it was like for one year you will be the optimist. Okay, okay. And then after one year you will now be anointed into the world where VCs okay. talk shit about right. other VCs or founders talk shit about other things, and like yeah. everyone complains to you. Um, I know, and I, I mean honestly, <laughs> I think that is what saved me from burning out. Of like the person who now today I don't really write funding round stories anymore, right? Um, because I think the toxic positivity can be really hard to to deal with on a day to day basis as, as a journalist who like. I think news is tension, so I think if there's no tension, it's hard. Mm -hmm. The way I deal with it, though, like, the way I deal with it is, like, I feel like I have to talk about it. Like, I have to, like, I have a podcast. I have, like, a way I, like, I feel like I have a way I, like, vent about it. And I feel Mm -hmm. like almost if I was, like, only able to talk about stuff that was, like, perfectly underneath a byline with a headline and had, like, six sources, I would go crazy. But because (laughs) it's kind of, like, again, like, a, a team and, like, TC is a very, like... Shout out on the internet, place that it feels almost helpful to be able to, like, process it in real time. Right. And the more vulnerable people are being with me, the more real I feel like I'm getting. So, You're talking about
0: inequity, equity.
1: On equity, but even, yeah. like, I'm even thinking, like, I just feel like I—SF is a fun place to be because I do feel like most of my conversations end up now jumping straight to the part where we're all just kind of, like, processing what's actually happening. <laughs> yeah. No one's really small talking in SF anymore. Right. Um. So I don't know. I don't know if that was really an answer to your question. I don't know how I compartmentalize. I feel like I I don't a lot of the time. I mean, it's really, really scary to report on something you think might, you know, be the next SBF, FTX, or Elizabeth Holmes. Yeah. Um, And you can't really prove that because we're covering private companies, which will right. never give us your financials. Right. And so I think you almost, as a reporter, need to get comfortable with you're going to report on someone who is shitty in some way. Yeah. Um, You need to do your best in contextualizing it and not being breathless about it. Hmm. And, like, lean into the power you have, which is, like, there's two options. There's either these stories are never told and they exist, but they still exist somewhere. Or we, like, help broadcast how someone is thinking about something as simple as, like, remote work policies. Um, I don't know. (laughs) She she
0: rolled her eyes, guys. I know.
1: (laughs) But I think for my – I feel like my job is less, like, here's – who is the right person Mm. to focus on as an entrepreneur. Mm. And it's more like, let me be like the history book of tech versus like, let me like tell you where to put your money. Right. That's like the goal is to be a history book. And I think to be a history book, you need to kind of always write everything. Right. You can't just write the stories that are like positive or negative.
0: Right. Yeah, that's an interesting intersection. So like, how are you approaching the day? Like when you start, when you're getting started, like what's... What's happened? You're like, oh, shit, I have five stories to write and two podcasts to record. And I have seven founders. I have to do my research on them. like, (laughs) I don't know, like, how what's going on in your head? That's what's going on in my head. Yeah, okay, well. (laughs) In your world
1: (laughs) that I just made up. No, I mean, it's not completely (laughs) false. I think one thing I learned, like, the first time I worked for more than, like, a month at a time. Yeah. First time I stopped being an intern was one of my reporter friends was like, you need to make sure the first thing you do when you wake up is not work-related. Very one-on-one stuff. But, like, the way that has helped me. Oh, it works. Because... Information is so on our fingertips and as a journalist, it's like even more on your fingertips as a journalist based on the West Coast, covering right. an East Coast kind of story sometimes. Like it's even more on your fingertips. So if I any anytime I want, I could talk to someone about tech. I almost need to tell myself, <laughs> yeah. do not wake up and do this. So I've started just like waking up and like, yeah, going for a walk, honestly, as simple as that. Yeah. Um, the other way I feel like I think about it is I always try and give myself grace, um, which can be anything from I don't take coffee meetings really. Outside a five minute walk from my apartment anymore, uh, which I first I felt very uncomfortable by. I was like this, you know, very like hardworking founder or investor or employee is like time to of their day and talking to me. Mm-hmm. But I almost feel like I can be a more present person if I'm not constantly running around the city. Yeah. So I feel like I'm like trying to be selfish a little bit with my time. Like intentional. Yeah. Yes. Intentional is a better way to say it. I'm like I am being so mean, but making people come to me. But it's actually (laughs) how dare you? It's these literal, simple, obvious things that actually doing them has helped so much. Um, Yeah. And then probably the final thing that's helped me approaching a day where I would have like five interviews, a story to get out, and like a podcast. It's a lot. It's a lot, and I think. I can only do those kind of days like for maybe like a week long stretch at a sure, time. Sure, and sure, then sure. I have to take like a week of like maybe write a little less. I, I think very much like getting confident and now knowing that I've now that I've been in the business for four years, I think a lot of people like are not super um how do I say this without insulting my whole career? Um <laughs> Like, journalists have the easy job. We just have to ask questions. You have to answer. Like, that's the hard part. So I think, honestly, remembering... like Is it? I think asking questions is so much easier than answering them. Are you kidding? Really? I think only because I'm like...
0: It depends on what the questions and answers are.
1: (laughs) Yes. at, At this point, at this point, like... I can enter an interview, have a pretty good conversation without heavily prepping. Yeah. Whenever I prep for even five minutes, it makes a difference. But I think giving myself some sort of like, hey, you got this on a baseline. Whatever you do is icing on top has helped me so much in handling crazy days because I'm mm. not constantly like entering a conversation feeling like I'm on my back foot. I'm like, oh, of course I can talk to you about this. This is like all we we both are both incentivized to have an interesting conversation right now. Why would yeah. we Why would we dance around that? Yeah. I, th- I think we're we're not on the same team. we shouldn't be on the same team as 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 uh, the people we cover, but in some ways we are in that we both want to have an interesting conversation, yeah. so thankfully, that's like really kept me going <laughs> leaning on the natural interest <laughs> <laughs> when
0: when you're when you're like, I'm not taking a coffee meeting with you or whatever like are people offended? yeah
1: <laughs> in New York, I mean this is like. Unfortunately, like I'm here for 48 hours, and like I do not know how to plan my schedule in New York. Thanks I, for
0: coming, by the way. Of course, all the way to Brooklyn.
1: No, I mean I, I was, I wanted to do this. I was really excited, and I want to see a lot of people while I'm here. Yeah, and it's a bummer because I think it's like a lot of people who I'm professionally and personally friends with, and this is not a hot take. Everyone struggles with time management, but it's only 48 hours. But it's only 48 hours, and I think like the yes, people are offended. I think it only, I think like the thing that um, I'm. I'm I'm really happy that Remote World gave us is like defaulting to a phone call right. and a walking phone call I'm almost like I just i am really honest when I can't do a meeting I'm like hey I will not be I'll be tired I won't really have questions yeah. it'll actually be a waste of your time and I think that's <laughs> when people are like I get it and I appreciate it like I missed a call today and yeah. it's for a story that I would get out in two days and the VC was just like super like you're don't, busy. Don't feel like you're late all the time. Like, yeah. you need to have some sort of confidence and ownership over your schedule, and right. you can't just respond to people all the time.
0: That's real. Yeah.
1: <laughs> that's been the biggest change between year one and year four. <laughs> yeah.
0: When did you stop feeling bad about that? Probably like a year in. Again, Look, like the
1: one year dramatic you, anniversary. It. I'm a big anniversary girl, yeah. so <laughs> I was like, now I think I can stop responding to email. Um yeah. I, like, love people, though, so it's, it's. I think, to be also a good journalist, you need to be, have some sort of level of anxiety around missing out on an interesting interview. Yeah. And so I still feel like I'm, that's the balance I'm striving for now, is, like, yeah. don't, like, break down, shut down, and no, not respond to anyone, but, yeah. like, also realize you can't schedule the five minutes between... <laughs> Like, walking five to your, like, literal bedroom from k- your kitchen, which is, like, I, I think a one-minute walk. I live in SF. But it's so small. <laughs> and I want to schedule that, too. And I'm just trying to, like, not always be a habit stacker,
0: you You're know? are just so optimized. Yeah. No, but it's so <laughs>
1: annoying. I was only taking walks for a period of time if I was doing an interview during them. Yeah. And I was like, that's weird. Like, you don't need to. Yeah. I don't know. We, I, I'm, I'm figuring out my philosophy on how yeah. to make that work. But it's definitely not by habit stacking 24-7.
0: Okay, yeah, the tech bro has not worn off on you. No, not yet.
1: It's inspiring, though. (laughs) There are founders who are like way more busy than me that respond to me in like five seconds, and it's not because it's me. I think they're just those people. And Uh, those are the people... uh, It might
0: be because it's you. It Maybe, but I don't know. I'm just like,
1: how, how are you so on it? I don't know. I feel like I need to get iMessage on my laptop. That feels like the biggest hack in the world.
0: I feel like that's amazing because I don't have to be distracted by my iMessage everywhere. That's true. I don't know, but maybe... Maybe you need it for work. Everyone wants
1: to, like, chat all the time in our careers. And so it's almost like you have to, like, be it, very, yeah. like, aware when it's worth it. And do the <laughs> mental calculus. And to me, like, I am uncomfortable and will be a maybe a worse journalist for this, which is I will never be transactional.
0: No, that I don't makes you be... an even better journalist.
1: Yes, but knowing that I will not be always able to, like, convert a source into sure. someone who can teach me things in a way that I think would be better for a story at times. So I'm like, I guess I'm like, I'm really playing the long game. And that's how I yeah. protect my piece. to yeah. circle
0: back to your question. Yeah. Boundaries.
1: Long game. Long like, game just, yeah. boundaries. Seriously. It's like, be okay with like, you can, yeah, we can talk about it yeah. tomorrow.
0: Yeah. <laughs> we can literally talk about it in two weeks. And yeah. It's be
1: the new name of this podcast. We can talk about it in two
0: weeks. <laughs> There's one thing I wanted to ask you about interviewing when you're interviewing founders. How do you or do you deal with... You've talked a little bit about it on... I um, forget that one episode that you did of Equity. It was about women in in the startup space. Um, mm. I forget the uh, VC's name. She's amazing. She's from the Bay Area. But you guys were talking a lot about privilege. How do you deal when you're reporting in a space that is wrought with white privilege? Yeah, Like... How do you compartmentalize that sometimes, um, or do you? I
1: I'll be honest, like I feel like it's only it's something that I still feel myself like switching switching vibe for <laughs> to make it work. Like yeah. my first two years in tech reporting, I was going to the battery and like wine rooftop sellers, which I thought sellers were underground, so why are they on this roof? Because it's extra. Yeah, and yeah. like, you know, like, crazy, yeah, crazy, like, you know, often, like, very, like, indulgent and luxurious experiences sure. to meet VCs, and I think they feel good because you feel invited, you feel like you're asked questions, and it's like, this makes you feel like you're doing work. Yeah, I think, like, being aware of the privilege and almost being, like, the fly on the wall to me was really helpful, and I still mm-hmm. do go to, you know, the fancy-schmancy dinners, but I think almost knowing that that's to me a extra of my job but not yeah. the main way i should be sourcing right is helpful like i use yeah. those dinners as a way to like and not every dinner is full of privileged people but like a lot of times they are and i think you kind of it's kind of like listening to all in yeah it's like you get to listen to people talk about things that you probably would never be invited to talk about correct with them yeah and so i almost use privilege as like a Exposure to privilege as like a superpower, mm-hmm. uh, just cause I, yeah I don't I don't I don't know if that's like something like I don't know if I can really joke about the Hamptons with people, <laughs> and I won't get that far in that conversation. But right. eavesdropping dropping on it is pretty helpful. So totally, yeah. People are also so good. At, like people love to talk about themselves. It's really easy to compartmentalize. <laughs> like I don't just share anything about myself during that whole dinner. Probably
0: truly. So, I'm sure that a lot of people. Don't really ask you much about yourself, huh?
1: Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, I feel like it's either, like, they ask way too much about myself or they, like, don't ask at all. And I honestly <laughs> prefer the don't ask at all perspective right. as a journalist at times because you don't really want them, like, being, like, hey, like, here's, like, like let's talk about your love life. let's, let's like, yeah. like, I don't want to talk about that with you.
0: Um, <laughs> Why not? Uh, yeah, right? I yeah. know. But, so no, I,
1: I think the privilege part is very much, like, what is the scary and I think tiring part of the job is it gets boring after a while to cover rich people getting richer so I always am looking for the human impact side it's not easy to find it's not easy to find
0: no but you do a really good job of it thank you
1: I'm I I I, like someone joked me that like my toxic trait is that I take VC too seriously because I like I'm obsessed with it only because the emerging fund manager scene like I think that's what's cool to me
0: yeah I was like it's it (laughs) That's rad. I also feel like in tech coverage, uh, there's been become like there are so many women now that cover tech. Yeah. And then I mean, it was always there's always a few. Yeah. But now there's like way more women, especially at TechCrunch. Like you guys are covering a lot more like POC uh, VCs. You're like the coverage is like wide.
1: Yeah, it feels, like, so much more realistic. Yeah. It feels so much more, like, I had this worry of being, like, the brown girl covering brown girls, and it does not feel like that's the conversation. Yeah. Um, And I think, like, the biggest blessing in a weird way has been, like, the whole industry went through this massive reset when remote work started, and everyone kind of had to learn how to source online and learn how to, Mm -hmm. like, build rapport with someone via a screen. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that gave me the biggest catch-up to understand who the interesting people in venture
0: are and, like, right. the good people in venture are. Right, right, right. right. Um, when you're only seeing over and over the same people out of events and you're yeah. not in person.
1: I went to, like, All uh their summit, and it was, like, mm-hmm. the first conference I've walked into where I, like, felt like I could, like, fully be, like, present and not, like, thinking about, I don't know, like, yeah, being, like, one of, like, five women mm-hmm. and like, maybe being one of, like, two women of color. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, I feel there's like there's been a lot of like opportunity for me. And like I, I know there's a lot of like s- sadness and frustration around the fact that like 2% of VC funding goes to female founders. Right. I am like staking my hope on like the fact that like the seeds have been sowed. We, uh, the seeds have been planted, not seeds have been sowed. The seeds have been planted, <laughs> the tree shall arrive. And like I'm really hoping it yeah. does. I think yeah. I, I feel like it's a really cool time to be yeah. seeing the power tr- like, you know. Uh, work through different networks in ways that we hadn't yeah. seen prior. That's what keeps me excited about it.
0: Yeah, and I love um, Dominique Midori's coverage. Oh, too. yes! I just got lunch with
1: her. She's amazing.
0: Oh, that's cute. Dom is
1: so good. I think there's she's so good about being real. And I think like you need to be a journalist that's like not. I, don't, I think you need, you can't be too much of an insider, even though I know that's kind of what yeah. success looks like sometimes.
0: Uh, sometimes, but also I think there's a really big advantage to being like just kind of on the. Um, rim, you know, like you're there, you're look, you're there, but you're not like fully in it. Um, Exactly. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. That's interesting. So have you ever had any situations where you were just like, why are you asking me this? Or like, why are you, why is, why are you asking me this like this? From from like a source? Yeah. From a source. Yeah. Yeah.
1: All the time. I mean, all the time. (laughs) I think before I was like, when I was new, I feel like I I gave off that vibe more. (laughs) And so when I was at the Globe and the Chronicle, it was a little more serious. I was part of a traditional newsroom. Mm -hmm. Uh, People treated you like that. They like, you know, as a student, people were answering my emails because I had like the globe dot whatever globe dot com email. What is the What was my email? (laughs) I'm like trying to cite my email. We'll go nowhere. Um, Then I moved to like a more bloggy spot, like Crunchbase. Yeah. And there people were like, let's go get many petties. Let's go on yachts.
0: Wait, what? Yeah.
1: (laughs) And I think it's you back know back in the
0: day you used to actually be able to easily go out with a reporter yeah like, like just hang out right like when I lived in SF I was working on the other like in PR right and we were just just like you know just hanging out which I still <laughs> love and I do yeah but yeah it was a different
1: vibe I it was think totally different. you could People literally like drinking cold call. and like and like and I mean, I, feel, I feel like the culture there was like insane and that's a whole other podcast <laughs> but culture, I don't what the question was anymore I'm like I now I'm just distracted by like what old old blog. <laughs> culture was like oh Dude, it was
0: it was amazing yeah it i would w- be like at a rave and i'd be like hey what's up Ohm?
1: yeah oh my god i just saw om for the first time speak and i was like this is insane like
0: so i'm good. a fan ohm if you're listening Ohm malik we love you oh my god huge huge, <laughs> huge fan. fan got a playlist coming for you and
1: i'm obsessed with those journalists i think i've like come to terms with the fact that like i do want to be a journalist that's less like the like the the neighborhood beer yeah journalist yeah and more a, a little more like i'm like here to work and, like, be present. I, I'm a little more traditional, I guess. Like, yeah. it was really fun to be the person everyone liked. Yeah. And I'm working on being less likable right now. That <laughs> is what's happening. <laughs> all right. Respect. I'm going to get you a shirt. <laughs> I'm working on being less
0: likable. <laughs> just literally less likable. Yeah. Like, I just. Yeah. Or so, likable, crossed out. <laughs>
1: yeah. So, I mean, when people ask, people ask me a really weird personal question, I was asked on dates by sources all the time. Stop. And, like was you know asked to see absurd like like people would just ask me to like yeah like show like show them my stories tell me everything there okay it was a lot of 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 no boundaries and now I think there's like so much vitriol that (laughs) word that's real yeah the people are almost like I still get a lot of like the people who are I think a little bit too personal with me but I I also get a lot of like we're just not going to talk and I'm like okay well Cool. I need to work on slowly getting at that. But that's, like, I think the new... Where I'm at right now in my career yeah. is I'm more so focused on people who are not going to talk to me than people who are.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Secrets out, guys. <laughs> what are you looking forward to? Like, what's happening? What's in the realm of excitement? What's, like... What gets you up in the morning? Like, what are you thinking about?
1: I feel like I finally have clarity. You have clarity. I finally have clarity. Like, I—I I mean, I'm stressed. I'm confused in a lot of ways. I have clarity on like what I'm good at. I yeah. think like literally like six hours ago I got clarity and that. Wait, what? Yeah. Six hours ago? What happened? Well, so like I think like there's this weird notion. I'm—I'm curious if you've heard about it before, which is like, um, as a creative, are you a better writer or a reporter? Have you heard that framing before? Um, yes. But I don't think the, about it. The, yeah, I mean, it's like the philosophy being kind of obvious, which is like, are you someone who's really good at like putting the words on the paper and like making it sound like music, or are you good at like getting the dogged facts mm. and unleashing new information? And I think for so long, like that is how people have hired journalists. Yeah. They're like, are you better writer reporter? Are you better writer reporter? True, true. Um, and I think for a long time, because before journalism, I wanted journalism. I wanted to be like a poet. Um, <laughs> I always told myself I'm a better writer. Yeah. And I think that almost made me less ambitious and I'm not saying that because I think writers are ambitious I think I was more just like I'm never going to be the reporter that's like going to break the big story on Uber but I honestly feel like I'm realizing more and more that I am a good reporter as well Yeah, and so I'm kind of just looking forward to embracing that and like embracing that I'm good at the hard part of my job not just the creative part of my job Yeah. so yeah I don't know I feel like that makes me really excited to just be able to like know what I'm good at and it's not just the thing I always thought I was good at
0: that's like groundbreaking,
1: <laughs> right? I know. I, feel my, I, I shout out to Zach Whitaker on our team at TC. Like, he like just kind of sat me down and he was like, "You need to stop saying you're not a good reporter. Like, you are good at that." Oh, like yeah, I guess I That's just nice. always thought I was more good at the leads and the crafting. Why is that? I mean, that to me, that is like my favorite thing in the world to do okay, is to like, like sit it. alone and like write a story. Yeah, but I think I thought that too much that I didn't realize how how much happiness I also get from like literally like interviewing someone and then waking up and being like, oh my God, that's the story. Like, I think I'm really good at like being aware of what the story is. And like, I want to lean into that more in my next chapter of my career. I feel like I'm like kind of going through like an inflection point and just like how I feel about spending my time and Mm -hmm. being more selfish. Like I said, being more, more unlikable, intentional, intentional, all these things. (laughs) I feel like it's like a good time. Uh, I feel like renewed interest in like being really good at this job and not coasting. And that Mm -hmm. is like a nice feeling.
0: Is that translating into like other parts of your life?
1: Hmm. I think it's because I'm not. I'm not planning on leaving SF anymore anytime soon. Yeah. I think I was like a big like I'm gonna come back to the East Coast girl for a while. Yeah. Just cause I just like we wasn't. lost you. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm out after today. I'm out. I got stuck on the Manhattan Bridge, not the Brooklyn Bridge. Oh no. Wait, was that the bridge, or did yeah. I take the Brooklyn Bridge? No, yet? you were on the Manhattan. Bridge. So why does the Manhattan
0: Bridge go into Brooklyn, dude? It, honestly, I have no idea. Okay. Because all the bridges. I mean, not all of them, but like the two, bought like Brooklyn, Manhattan, and then even. Well, the Fifty Seventh Street goes bridge Fifty go, Seventh Street goes into Queens, so never mind. But See, yeah, there's two bridges confusing. that go to Brooklyn.
1: <laughs> So, I'm just happy. I'm in an amazing. Like, it's also
0: a Williamsburg Bridge, so that goes into there. We. Oh my god. It's so confusing. Yeah, I. Yeah.
1: So, I mean, beyond the difficulty of like just being like I'm a small city person, I think like the Bay Area, and just honestly, this is like so journalism related, which is like, I, I've it's helped to make peace with the fact that I'll always wake up and be late. East Coast <laughs> will have been awake. News will have broken. I will always not be the first person. Which maybe like editors will hear and be like, oh, she's not like a good writer but i'm like that is like to me that it's like that breaks everything open because that means that i don't need to be always anxious about something like i love living on the west coast for that reason
0: that's so real and a lot of people don't think about that yeah, yeah. it was
1: the biggest change to go from like the globe newsroom to the chronicle newsroom right because the globe newsroom i been be in at 8 a.m and i was kind of just like everyone was like waking up yeah the sf chronicle newsroom it's like no matter what we're gonna be behind the globe so right. for some stories so we got to Gotta find the better angle or something like that. So.
0: Totally, or like,
1: what's the vibe on like second takes? Yeah, I mean, I'm here. For, I love a second okay. take. Okay, if I could always spend my career writing second take stories, that would be my dream. You I'm not you...
0: mad at those. I like those too.
1: I like those so much. Like I feel like, uh, like I said, I feel like my my like my strength is very much like what I notice and what I like. Realizes like the new thing of like what someone said versus like the secret. So yeah. I'm so I think the second day story is like the whole thing.
0: I do too because
1: like all the facts are
0: out, yeah, or at least there's like the good AP story Where's the nuance? That's yeah. like. My Where's whole job. the new Yeah, I know. The numbers behind the nuance. What is it? Welcome back to Equity, a podcast about the business of startups where we unpack the numbers and
1: nuance behind the headlines. That's
0: wow. right. Wow. Wow. <laughs> what do you love, podcaster? <laughs> I love that podcast. I'm just going to shout it on oh, the rooftops. Thank you. It's,
1: I am like I such a I had such a hate relationship with it when I started because it was fucking hard.
0: I what? Like writing a show.
1: Yeah, that. but like having smart opinions with like people like Danny Crichton and Alex Wilhelm. I literally the first day went home, went to the physical library and pulled (laughs) out a book about like, like China-America relations. No, that's real shit. I felt so uneducated when I like started that show and then I really leaned into the fact that I think everyone is not as prepped as they think they are and we should all pretend we're that smart. So, (laughs) that's what I'm doing now. You just fake
0: it till you make it. It
1: really is like the most cliche and true advice. Yeah. Uh, One cliche and true advice that's bad is that don't don't become indispensable oh. because that to me feels like unhealthy. Like yeah, why are like you <laughs> putting that on yourself to yeah. be indispensable? Right. So
0: Capitalism. there's some p-
1: wisdom. <laughs> Capitalism.
0: I don't know. I mean, it kind of feels like very capitalistic.
1: It, no, it, it fully is. It's like <laughs> make yourself so good they can never fire you. And it's like why do why don't they make themselves Self so, so good? good that I'll never
0: leave? Yeah. Come on, bro.
1: Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> That's what I'm looking forward to. So, yeah. Stuff like that. Okay. <laughs> Leading
0: into that. You have like a book coming out? Like what's going on? Oh my God. Is, that, is it in the works? It's in the works. Or it is? Yeah. <gasps> Wait a minute. Yeah. Say Can you say more? I mean, that? I can because it's like so
1: silly. It's so small right now. It's literally like a, a writing group and a Google doc that says Natasha's creative writing. Oh. Um, <laughs> okay. I'm working on my first draft of a fiction book. Stop. Um,
0: Wait. I'm so glad I asked. <laughs> yeah.
1: It's, it's something that like I'm like... I've always wanted to do. Yeah. Uh, because I, like, like I said, I do think writing is like my favorite part of the job. Yeah. And so I, I miss getting to do that without it being always something that I'm putting for the public. Got it. Like, I want to kind of just like write for myself for like however long it takes to write this book. And you then have to. it'll be so like, I think it'll be so refreshing when it's out.
0: Yeah. Is it about your beat or? No, it's like completely fiction. It's about
1: yeah. like, I mean, all I know right now is I want to do about female friendship and like the South Asian culture of collectivism so I love that yeah thank you fingers crossed it's good names are so hard for books dude that's what I decided names I'm like I feel like I know too many South Asian women and so the names are all like not able to be used or else people will feel like I'm like talking about them
0: um, so I might just use
1: the name and then just write a whole text and be like it's not about you but yeah <laughs> sorry you I guys on. I
0: couldn't ask everyone <laughs>
1: yeah exactly but that's what I'm working on I'm really looking forward to it. it's bringing so much life back to me
0: wait that's exciting is there any poetry in there? Ugh, there should be. <laughs> is there any poetry in there? <laughs>
1: there really, really should be. No, yeah. I feel like um, my vibe of creatively is like stream of consciousness type writing. So yeah. like, that's hopefully how the book goes. But that's another way I compartmentalize is like I try and make sure remember that like writing was like a passion and a hobby before as a profession. And yeah. so I try and always have a project I'm working on on the side. So yeah. I'm not only looking at writing as a thing I do for, you know, in this very specific way, which is great and it'll get me out of bed but I don't know if it'll always like be enough to make me like the most creatively fulfilled yeah to be a reporter I think I always will need to be a reporter and something
0: and and uh, still to be determined yeah
1: honestly like a reporter podcaster writer um coffee obsessor
0: coffee. stuff like that coffee obsessor big coffee girl okay I got a list I know, I really do. You're here for like five more minutes. I
1: know. Well, I was like, oh, I want to just walk around this area and get coffee. I might still do it. I just, I got Starbucks this morning because I had decision fatigue. Oh my God. So I guess I'm not a coffee girl. Wait, but what did you get? I got, uh, I get the same order each time, which is a grande clover light ice with one pump of cinnamon, dolce, and almond milk. (laughs) That (laughs) sounds
0: so good. Where's your
1: order? I love coffee orders. It's
0: Starbucks? Uh, Anywhere even? Oh, I'm like when I go home to San Diego and I'm, I'm a basic bitch. I go to Star
1: Wars. San I Diego has interest. San Diego has the best James Coffee.
0: Oh, James Coffee oh. in Little Italy. Yeah. yeah, it's like a motorcycle shop. Kind yeah. Of- oh yeah.
1: my god, I miss. It. I lived there for two months through COVID, and it was like the best months of my life. Oh
0: really? Yeah. Oh sick. I don't know if you have a
1: hate or love relation. I can't imagine you hating it.
0: I don't hate San Diego. I okay. love. That's where I grew up.
1: Oh my yeah. god. <laughs> Wow, that's amazing! It's the great coffee scene.
0: Yeah, there's great beer
1: and great coffee. I missed the beer. I should have got. Yeah, I feel like it was COVID when I went, so yeah. we were kind of just like let's get coffee and go home. Yeah, that's cute. You picked a good spot. It was so my like I wish I could do that more. I could actually, but you could. Like I said, staying in SF now, so I feel like that's helped me a lot with like yeah, <laughs> just comp- like being a more like present and like balanced person. I don't feel like I'm like fighting to go somewhere
0: next physically. Really. San Francisco is so different from like when I lived there. Yeah, like when were you there? Two thousand five, six to like two thousand ten. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So very like tech blogger era. Dude, it was crazy. Like, yeah, that was like TechCrunch, GigaOm, VentureBeat. Uh, what was it? Red. What was it called?
1: Oh, uh, Red Herring. Red Herring. Oh my god. Yeah, like
0: all, all of those, and then it was like. You know, it was like all the early startups. Yeah. Stuff, and it was like all the cool parties in Maiden Lane. Oh my God. I there was parties in Maiden Lane. Dude. Now it's like suit supply. Dude, it used to be there used to be this really cool club called Otis. Ah. Oh. Um, we did like a bunch of stuff for like old, like clients back in the day there. Oh my god. And that's then I so had cool. like a night that I played vinyl there. I don't know how to play records, but I used wow, to play records uh, there. <laughs> it used to be called Otis Loud. Yeah, it's gone now, I guess. It's just like that seems like a dream. Wow. <laughs> it was. It was that and then there was like Madrone.
1: I've heard great things about Madrone. Madrone.
0: I'm like, the end up?
1: Yes. Is that place still around? I think it's, I mean, I've heard
0: about it. I don't know if it's still around.
1: It's a, it's a rave. I could have sworn I drove past it one time. <laughs> yeah, it's over there on
0: like, pretty much by like, Trader Joe's or whatever. Yeah, yeah. sure. I don't know. That feels right. But <laughs> it is so different. Everything, like, dog patch wasn't there. Yeah. Like, everything was totally not what it is today.
1: It's like, it's weird because like, I feel like I don't have like, the classic SF experience, even though I'm like so in the in the beat i'm i'm like all my friends are like normal people who like do not care <laughs> about yeah, this yeah, at, at all yeah. i think that's also helped me like compartmentalize so much my yeah. like my boyfriend he's like super like he'll be up to date on like the recent like tech media moves and like that's so dope and i love it yeah. but like and, and and i think he's like slowly starting to be more and more someone who like is like let's like unpack the tea on this company yeah but, I mean, yeah. fundamentally, like, the way, like, our conversations in our whole friend group, I have one founder friend that's a friend first the founder second. Yeah. Everyone else is just, like, busy and doesn't, and I just have, like, a broader perspective. And I think that's helped so much. I don't have many yeah. journalism friends. And I don't have many tech friends.
0: What are all, What are your friends, like, where, what industries are I have mean?
1: a lawyer friend. I yeah. have, like, tech friends who are, like, not really, like, obsessed with their jobs. <laughs> like, they're great at their jobs, but they're not, like, live, breathe. It's not their life. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Um, I'm friends with teachers I'm friends with like I mean finance people yeah doctors like I feel like being friends with people who don't just like talk about this stuff has like really helped me like honestly be a better writer and that I broaden it out to a bigger group at times even though it's not always my job Um, and then also be like take it seriously but don't take it like at face value like a lot of people still don't understand what happened with this thing and being so cavalier about it almost is like insulting to someone who's like you know true like it took me a while to realize that 10 million doesn't make you rich as a fundraiser but (laughs) I don't know if the average person still knows that. And that's like something I have to like being around that is really like helpful, honestly. It's like,
0: yeah. What yeah. do you mean 10 million doesn't make you rich?
1: Raising 10 million in like a series A round. Like oh, okay. I always thought that money goes straight to you. What?
0: Oh, okay. I was like, no way. No <laughs> way. But like But yeah, that that I mean back in the day it kind of did. I'm sure it did. It's changed. Yeah. There's a lot more checks and balances. Now, now it's like
1: founders have to get their salary approved approved by their investors. Right.
0: That's wild.
1: Yeah. So. Yeah. I think like the hack is definitely yeah definitely having friends who are outside of this world like if yeah. I was only friends with VCs, journalists and founders like may- maybe I'm better well, I'd be better sourced but I would rather take the longer road than like yeah jump in head first for sanity purposes again
0: you're being intentional yes yes respectable oh
1: my god I wish I wish I had like I wish I did it earlier but I'm I'm sorry I'm it's getting cool. there you
0: got it you got it now okay so I just want to end on this where do you see tech going in the next like six months.
1: Six months! Oh my god, they are gonna say six years, and I was like, "That's easy." <laughs> I mean, <laughs> uh, six months. Wait, wh- let me look at the exact month it's gonna be in six months. Okay. Oh, it's gonna be October.
0: Six months, yeah, six months and six years. <laughs> oh my
1: god, <laughs> can I change?
0: So yeah, I mean, I, so, okay, so my,
1: my six months answer, yeah, is. I think we're going through like kind of like this moment where there's a lot of like re of tech, mm-hmm. which like it got super accessible, quote, right. quote, quote, like right. during the boom times because people saw opportunity and VCs were more like, I think, risky and broader in their perspectives and a whole new asset class of tech writers came in. Mm. Then things got hard and the LPs that were backing the diverse founders or VCs froze up and they mm. went to their Stanford-only networks. Mm,
0: interesting.
1: Yeah. And so I think we're seeing that play out right now to an extreme. I think in six months we're going to be somewhere in like, it's, it's not going to be as good as it was for diverse people, I think, mm-hmm. in six months than it was in 2021, but it's not going to be as bad as this current moment. Mm. So I almost feel like it's going to be boring in six months. <laughs> okay. Like I want it to be boring and not in like, I think we were still, I still want to see ambitious companies and interesting things happen, Yeah, but I don't know if we're going to have like something like a crypto hype cycle ever happen again. Even with what we're seeing with AI right now, as worrisome as I feel about it just being a tech conversation, like the way VCs are not actually investing, but just saying that they're investing because they're actually so paranoid about doing something wrong. Mm -hmm. To me, that feels like a real tell on like why this hype cycle is different. And I imagine six months from now... um, There'll be enough like, hey, we all still exist even though we're not like kind of throwing ragers every week and writing <laughs> yeah. crazy checks. And so I kind of just am hoping that happens. Yeah. I always manifest when I get asked <laughs> questions like that. I'm always like, this is what I would love for it to happen. Right, right. I'd also love to be a Pulitzer Prize winning journalist in six months.
0: <laughs> Sick.
1: Yeah. We're, we're ready um, for you. Six years. In six years. Um I think the seeds of like diversity. Um
0: The year is 2029.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I, I think I think we're gonna be. I think tech is like already such like a like an everywhere conversation.
0: Mm.
1: I think tech by then will be like so much uh, so much more formal mm. than it is now because mm. we we talk about like what SF was like when you were there. Yeah, that was an era. This yeah. is a whole era where like it's getting like standardized, professionalized in a lot of ways. Mm. Six years from now, I imagine tech is gonna be something that's like you know a lot more within politicians like verbiage Hmm. and the average college and the average person would think of it as a career path like I still only thought of the career path of tech when I was like late in college so like I just think that that it becoming such a big conversation yeah Six from now it's going to be kind of like I think like mainstream so mainstream like I don't think we're Mm -hmm. even close to how mainstream we could be right now like I think the way people digested SVB like very much showed me that people still think that tech is like the garage band rich <laughs> duo of coders, and I was like, Oh, we are not that. Wow, yeah, a lot of
0: people think that.
1: I think some people were like, Oh, who needs to bail out these people? Right? Do you see that conversation happening?
0: Which one? It
1: was just very much like, Oh, like SVB crash, why would we bail them out? It's all rich people what? who are building companies.
0: Okay, I did see a conversation yeah. like that, yeah.
1: So, I, I think like there is like a little bit of like Silicon Valley had a PR problem. Shocking. It has a PR problem. I think from now it will have to not in order to be kind of like the biggest level of success it could be. It will need to be able to explain why it's actually making an impact for better than for worse.
0: How does Silicon Valley pivot its narrative?
1: Oh, my God. Fund better companies. (laughs) Move slower. Don't break things. Don't break things and move fast? Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know how it does that. I think it's honestly like... It's, you know, as I'm, I'll be a super boring media person now, and I think that people need to be more honest mm. and like, don't hide. You know, people backed Adam Newman's second company.
0: I, I am disgusted.
1: And I think that's like a really big tell, and like, people yeah. do not take sex tech seriously because of this.
0: He lives in my neighborhood, by the way. No way. I read about it in the New York Times. Oh, he lives here? In Brooklyn, yeah.
1: Interesting. Yeah.
0: In a, in like Have you a seen night.
1: any flow buildings pop up? I'm like looking for the. <laughs> I'm looking for anything to tell me about flow. So if I no, knows, but I
0: will send deal. you pictures. Yeah, please. <laughs> but yeah, do you think it's like a structural problem in terms of like rebuilding the narrative for Silicon Valley, or is it really just a PR problem?
1: No, I think it's actually a structural problem. Yeah. like I think journalists play a role in it too. Sure. I think if you just interview the loudest people on Twitter who can talk in all caps and have really good threads, you're contributing to the problem. Right. And I realize that like I think later than I wish I did Yeah. where I was interviewing the easiest interviews Sure. sure. but that's like probably even if they are the people who control the vast majority of capital I actually think I need to interview the people who aren't always on right. you know available like what are they doing and how are they doing it and how is the face of VC actually changing versus what VC wants you to tell is changing and yeah I mean, yeah, I don't even know how to begin thinking about how it changes things. All I know is it needs to do it, and (laughs) it needs to probably include journalists in that. Like, journalists also need to have high standards and do smarter reporting and, you know, take longer on these pieces, on these, like, profiles.
0: Which is rough because the news cycle is like every, you know, 24 hours. Even in like 12 hours, people forget about stuff.
1: Tot- I mean, yeah, 100%. The whiplash is insane. Six hours. Like, it's, it's, it's yeah, all news by then. Totally. And as a journalist, <laughs> I'm like, okay, what should I put my time on? Like, right. And it's like, I'm I, I'm in a good place right now where I'm not being forced to think about traffic. At the same time, like, I'm not stupid. I know people don't care about what I'm talking about. And so I'm almost like, what's yeah. the time distribution? Emma Chamberlain said something so interesting that I still think about, which is like, she was realizing that producing videos on a seven-day timeline only gave her the ambition to think about things as a seven-day timeline. And she was like, what happens if you break open the deadlines mm-hmm. and use it to produce? Like, can, you can produce, like, 10 things in 10 days or you can also produce one thing in six months. Yeah. What happens when you give yourself permission right. to be someone who thinks beyond a cycle that's prescribed by capitalism and ambition and what you think a proper kind of cadence should be as a writer? Mm-hmm. Um, and if there was, like, a dream I had, it would be just to be someone who could think that way. Right. I'm like, r- I really struggle with that. Like, I haven't written it all this week and it's a Tuesday and I feel horrible about it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I think that's like how we get closer. Is like we kind of question a lot of these like status quo's right. on how we create and what we amplify right. and why we amplify it and like.
0: We going to a four day work week or four day
1: work <laughs> exactly, <laughs> and we delete stories. Like we don't we don't publish everything we write. Like I feel like the journalism career can like go can go through a lot of cleaning
0: up itself, too. Wait, delete stories? Say more.
1: Delete, sorry, like, delete, like, drafts. Like, don't publish oh, everything oh. you write. I'm like, wait, delete the stories. No, no, never do something that's live, but more, oh, just, like, yeah, like write a lot of shitty stories and, like, delete them. Don't publish them. Just, like... I've done that. Yeah, I think it's... I have not done that in a minute. To,
0: I had to edit myself. I was like, why, bro? Why are you putting this out? It's no, not I, your best work.
1: Yeah, I think there's a lot but of, But you like, learn something from it. Yeah. Yeah. There's just, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, I have a lot of thoughts on that. The publishing cadence, a lot. But <laughs> in a world where we're, it's so easy to share a hot take and like get access to it and retweet it and share your hot take on top of that hot take, soon we just live in a world where hot takes are the reality. It doesn't matter what's actually happening.
0: It's exhausting. Yeah,
1: and so it's it's fucking exhausting. And like I said, things will exist before and after us, so you almost yeah. have to like be aware of that in order to survive.
0: What's the value of a hot take?
1: That's a good question. A hot take gives you the adrenaline that you need in order to feel educated on something. And who doesn't want to feel educated on something that everyone's talking about? To me, the scary thing is when hot takes become, like I said, your reality. Right. And then you write stuff off of hot takes, which I've done so many times. Right. Where I've been like, it's so easy to get six out to say it like, it's so easy to get, like, yeah, six founders to tell you we should have a two-day work week. Like, I can get founders to tell me that. Yeah. I could write that, too. And I could make it seem like it's a bigger deal than it's not. I think that power and, like, even the pressure, even, that you kind of know there's an interesting story. Like, when do you – when is it actually a story that's happening? Or when is it a story that, like, a few people right. think is interesting? Right, right. Being aware of that, that's like, balance is, like, super hard. And I, I'm i always worried I'm contributing to that. But I try hard to be nuanced and, like, always, like, overhedge
0: everything. That's respectable. I actually pitched an editor at the Times like a few weeks ago a story. It's a good story. And she was like, it's not quite the right time for that story. And I was like, I kind of had that feeling too as I was like sending off the email. And yeah. I was like, oh, you know what? You're right. It's not the right time for this story. But like a lot of people are talking about it, but not enough. You know, it's yeah. not like.
1: AI related or is no, it No, like no, no. No
0: music. It's a music. Oh, story. oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's interesting. I feel like it's the timing too yeah you want to get people like you like I think in like a lawless world we could publish and we think it's important when we, whenever we do but yeah you have to really think about the co- the backdrop of yeah. what you're saying and that right. backdrop and being aware of the all-consuming backdrop like to me that's the hardest part of this freaking job
0: yeah. is like, like being aware
1: and contextualizing it and knowing yeah. how your comments are going to be sat and twisted and questioned so like you almost always need to be super like I said like always having like a conversation with like yourself your editor your source your like insecurities, uh, <laughs> your ambition, um, and like the East Coast time zone, right? And and then you are getting to a place where you're kind of aware of what yeah. how what your publishing will make a difference. Otherwise, you being like just focused on getting a story live, I think you just wouldn't it, it wouldn't right. be true.
0: So like, how do you have a conversation with your insecurities? What's that look like? Oh my god,
1: it looks like. Is it like praying? Hitting your breaking point. Oh, okay. Is it and it like... being like, this is not sustainable. Okay. No. Yeah. I feel like, I mean, very recently I hit my breaking point and it was a week before SVB crashed. Oh. And then the muscle memory kicked in with it crashed. And it was like truly a really like thankful week for me. Yeah. Because I, it gave me confidence that I know how to do my job again. Yeah. But I think there's something so unhealthy about being someone who's like, I'm going to overperform for like, yeah, be like a a flame for a little bit then disappear then be a flame again but yeah. i also almost think that that's a reality so yeah i yeah i feel like having a crisis with my insecurity all the time and i talk to journalists about it a lot and that helps a ton mm. because this is such a weird time and i think you can always find someone who will tell you that you're doing great and i don't think you need you need to always hear that so right. that's what worry. i'm like looking for right now is people yeah. to be like
0: hey, like, here's what you can work on. <laughs> Me too. That's uh, I don't need any more yes men and women. Exactly. I yeah. really don't. I yeah. really don't.
1: Because, like, it's I'm not, I'm not taking it personal. I'm not, like, some, like, I just, like, always going to be challenged. It's more like, no, I just want, nice like... No, but it's nice when people
0: are like, good job or whatever. Yeah.
1: But, no, but, like, uh, yeah, I think, like, an, your insecurity does not need to be told, like, you, like... Being told you are just be more confident when you're insecure is, like, I think one of the shittiest things. Very toxic
0: positivity. It's
1: super toxic positivity. It's like, dude, no, you're not hearing me out for how I feel, which is I don't know how to do this job right right now. And, like, what I would rather hear is, like, hey, like, actually, if you power through and, like, write a story, you know, like, you know, a part of me might like has gotten one piece of advice, which was, like, you need to lean in and out of your natural attention cycles, Hmm. uh, which I don't think is realistic because it's, like, News is 24 hours. Yeah. But I think at least having some sort of perspective and, and even debate about how we all manage our time is really helpful to me. Right. This is even very helpful to me. Yeah.
0: Okay, great. <laughs> I'm so happy. It really
1: is. Yeah. It's good to think about this stuff because I feel like this is like, like I said, it's really hard. to I think if you're too aware, you
0: almost freak out and don't do anything. Yeah, you get, like, par- paralysis. Yeah. That happens to me. I get that a lot, actually. Totally. So I realized I really actually have ADD. Yeah. Like, it's bad. It's
1: hard. It's I like, have to
0: create a schedule or else nothing will happen.
1: To- yes. You also need to be, like, this keeps coming up to me, but, like, you have to be a little bit cringe and a little bit, like, aware <laughs> yeah. of being cringe where, like, I feel like one of my, like, powers as a journalist is, like, I don't ever have, like, an ego around Twitter. Like, I'll just always tweet something that comes to my head, whether yeah. it's, like, you know, yeah, like, after I had, like, three glasses of wine or if I, like... And breaking a story like I feel like I'll like always try and over communicate and I think that's yeah. the brand I want to create yeah the brand I want to create your br- that's
0: what I was asking earlier your brand yeah the but brand. no I think
1: yeah I, I don't know there's so many kinds of journalists you can be and I I wish I kind of knew that earlier because yeah. I think I always thought that you need to be like the taking names breaking stories breaking hearts journalists and wow. I I think I, I'm gonna be that but not in the way I thought I would be yeah
0: I feel like you're you're there.
1: Oh, thank you. I don't know if
0: you're breaking hearts, but...
1: <laughs> no, I'm not breaking hearts. Maybe <laughs> from the people I'm not meeting in the heart of, like, Alamo Square, I'm breaking
0: their hearts. <laughs> what? Who are you missing right now? Like, what types of sources or, like, what types of, what populations are you interested in speaking to?
1: Hmm. I don't talk to enough founders. Surprisingly enough. Wait, what? Yeah. Well, you talk to PR people? No. <laughs> I talked to VCs a lot. Oh,
0: you need more founders. I
1: need more founders. I need more founders who are not media trained, obviously. Me- okay, who are not
0: media trained. Okay.
1: I need founders who are like in it and like yeah, live live and breathe this stuff, um, but are human enough to be like not always talking their book. But yeah, yeah I feel like I talk to a lot of VCs because I think VCs are much more incentivized to talk to journalists than founders are. Um, cause if their name is out there, then the next right. kind of like insane person <laughs> will go to tell them about their company versus the founders kind of just like, yeah, like if Natasha writes about me, maybe I can recruit, but like right. also right. I'm fine. And I feel like I, I feel like I'm, I'm under indexed on founders, surprisingly.
0: That is shocking. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I'm actually
1: shocked. I, whenever I meet a founder, I'm like, Oh my God, you're so nice. I mean, I just met someone who's like, I mean, he is like completely like. This is like the, my this is the reason I feel like I'm obsessed with this world is like I just feel like I keep meeting people who like have no reason to be doing what they're doing and they're doing it anyways. I love they that. can retire. Like they're they're defying human laziness and that to me is just a very interesting and exciting thing. Yeah. Like there will always be Google. Google can always build your company you're doing it anyways. Yeah. And I love that about you. And that's like such a that's such a story. Yeah. Like who who has the audacity to go go up against Google? That is like insane to me. Fair. May God grant me the confidence to one day go up against Google as I'm a founder of nothing except for my young adult fiction book.
0: You're a Natasha Mascarena's LLC founder.
1: <laughs> it's happening. I know. Watch me, sub- watch me start a Substack like, in next year and you're just like, excuse me. Ma'am, you're a founder. Yeah, now you're a full founder. Substack, people- Substack writers are so interesting. Like, I've loved seeing some of my colleagues in the journalism world go that route. I'm like, go you. You are powerful. It's kind of crazy. Wait, is platformer. Is that a subset? Yes. Casey Newton's yeah. uh, Zoe Schiffer and so, then Eric Newcomers, obviously. Yeah.
0: yeah Casey Newton is a, another reporter what, that I've been following since, you know, giga ohm days.
1: I think Casey's <laughs> like truly like, yeah, he's one of my favorite people. He's amazing. To, I've never
0: met him, but he's I've, I've conspired over email with him, but yeah. he's a great reporter.
1: Such a good reporter yeah. and the kind of reporter where like as a reporter, like a five minute conversation or listening to him have a five minute conversation is like Teach is like a master class in journalism. <laughs> uh, him, like Alex Conrad, I think yeah. is like so so helpful. Mm-hmm. Uh, whenever we meet, like he'll just say something really smart and like that's it for the meeting, just rent free in your head. And I'm just like, wait, that is like <laughs> that completion of my perspective. So I'm like, eager. I'm a sponge for ju- I love talking about journalism, <laughs> love talking about journalism. Amazing, yeah, it's the best. I'm like also doing the worst thing, which I'm hitting the table during a podcast. I'm so sorry, <laughs> it's okay.
0: <laughs> um, I think, uh, I think we're, I think we're moody are you moody i'm so
1: moody i'm schmoody
0: thanks so much for tuning into current mood today don't forget to follow current mood on spotify and give us a little rating if you're feeling it give us a little star action five stars would be great and follow us wherever you listen to podcasts if you have any ideas on future guests or any insights feel free to slide right into our dms on Instagram. At currentmood.io. Thank you so much for being a part of this community. It really means a lot.